Hey, what up, y'all? It's your girl, Vivica A. Fox, and welcome to my podcast, Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. We are going bigger and bolder. I'm your go-to girl for people, ideas, knowledge, inspiration, faith, love, truth, success, and of course, F-U-N, fun. Your hustle is going to get an upgrade with the most surprising, exciting, and fabulous guests from all walks of life. You're in good hands, darlings. So don't forget to subscribe and download to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. All right, y'all, y'all gotta get on up here. You know your girl V is a sports lover. My guest today is living the life that people all over the world dream about. He's one of the best and most decorated college athletes of all time. He's a national champion, a Super Bowl champion, an all pro and social media and TV star. He lives a glamorous, off-screen life. He's a brand ambassador, an actor, a fitness model. Woo, this boy got receipts, y'all. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> he runs a char- he runs charitable foundations. And on top of all of that, y'all, he is so fine. Okay, when I tell y'all fine, fine, chocolate fine, I think besides Morris Chestnut, after Morris Chestnut, when you think of fine chocolate brothers, Reggie Bush is right there next to him. He's a handsome man, that. a wonderful husband, a charming husband, a wonderful father. Welcome to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox, Reggie Bush. Hey, Reggie. Hey, Vivica, how you doing? I have to be honest, that's the best introduction <laughs> I have ever had in my life. Like, not even when I was getting introduced in the football games was it that good. Like, that was the best one. What'd you say? <laughs> B, I will take you as my my uh my introduction. It's a person to I appreciate bring me out. that. I definitely yes. uh your biggest cheerleader <laughs> because you know a lot of people don't know, but me and you go back like Kool-Aid. I've mm-hmm. known you for yep. a very, long very long time. Very long and time. And yes. when my producer said that you were gonna do the show, I said, Wow, this is gonna be a lot of fun talking to an yes. old friend yes. about yes. all of the different chapters and journeys that uh we've been through and the fact that we're still here, right? Yep, yep. Still here, still alive. I mean, that's that's uh, when you okay. think about everything that we've been through, right? Over mm. this past year, year and a half, two years with COVID, uh, just the fact that we're both here, able to have this conversation, both healthy, yes. and um, you know, both working and grinding every day, like you said, you know, that's the yes. best part. Absolutely, Reggie. Tell people where are you from? I'm born and raised San Diego, California. Um, really? But but so I, I have two sides of the family. I was raised by my mom and my stepdad in San Diego, okay. but my real dad and my my grandmother, my aunt, my uncles, another side of my family all lived here in LA in Inglewood. So me and the 405 freeway go <laughs> way back. Like we go back to 85. That's okay. my first start. <laughs> Let me tell you, I now nicknamed the 405 the slow 05. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. If you get caught on the slow 05 at the wrong time oh. of the day, you can forget about it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to be in a couple hours of traffic. It don't matter yeah. if you got to go down the street. You're yeah. going to be in traffic for it a couple really hours. It really is. I'm going to tell you, but yeah. I, I plan my whole day around traffic. Oh, my God. You have to, especially yeah. living out here in L.A. If you don't or you or this is where I've got great at is just knowing the back streets and knowing how to Word. cut around, yes. you know, yeah. traffic and stuff like that. But, yeah. but, um, but going back to your question, oh yeah, I'm from San Diego, born and raised, mm. um, played high school there by high school football, grew up there. And then, um, yes. went to USC for college, which is here, obviously in Los Angeles. And I've been in LA ever since. 
Well, let's talk about how football then came into your life. Yeah. You know, that, you know, you were born in San Diego, but kind of mm-hmm. was raised between Inglewood and San Diego. Yep. Play, did you start playing uh, football when you were young? You know, who introduced so, you to football? So I started my first sport I actually played was baseball. Wow. And baseball uh, was my first love, actually. And I, you know, kind of now looking back on it, kind of maybe wish I stuck with it a little bit because <laughs> I'd probably still be playing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like baseball, they're not getting hit like they get hit in football. You know what I okay. mean? I don't, there's something, you know, I was actually thinking about this, man. There's just something psychologically crazy about a person that wants to go and pursue football and get beat up and hit and just, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff um, because it's a crazy but- game. But. But it's gotten safer for the fellas. I mean, you can say that over the years, because I remember looking at some old football stuff and people used to get like, oh, by the neck, you know. Yes. They had hair, the hair got pulled. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they made it safer. We got the UFC now, but before UFC, there was the NFL, (laughs) you know, back in the 80s and the 70s, where that was the original UFC, where they was just tattooing people. But, um, But so I got introduced through football. Um, I think I was just, I became a fan of the sport as a little kid watching, um, the sport on TV, you know, some of the guys that I grew up watching, Barry Sanders, um, Deion Sanders, um, you know, a lot of those legends, guys like that inspired me to play football. And Mm. when I would see, you know, when I would watch Deion Sanders, especially when he was in college and he would just go back and return punts and he would have the whole crowd hyped up or Barry Sanders would make a move on somebody in the open field and literally like make him look stupid. Like those things just, <laughs> it caught your attention. You yes. know, when you watch those kinds of athletes on TV, they take your attention away from whatever you're focused on mm. and you have to pay attention to them and you have to watch them because there's something spiritual, you know, to the way that they're playing and something spiritual to the way that, you know, they, they, um, are able to recreate the game like right before your eyes. And so for yes. me, watching guys like that, um, you know, was a real treat for me. And I grew up with um, not a lot of not a lot of knowledge about football until mm-hmm. I started playing. But once I started playing, I mean, it was just like everything clicked because uh, when I was very young and in school, elementary and, and as I was growing up, uh, I would get in trouble a lot because mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of energy. And um, I was very smart and teachers didn't really know what to do with me because I was all over the place and you couldn't wow. sit me down and and you couldn't, um, you know, I didn't want to take naps when I was little. Like I just wanted to run and go play, you know what I mean? In elementary school. And so, you know, back in that time period, school was a lot different. Um, yes. Teachers, you know, were a lot different. Mm-hmm. And so they just didn't know a lot. They didn't know how to handle me as a young black kid. And so my mom um, so they would tell my mom that, you know, I should be prescribed um, ADD, ADHD really? medicine. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Wow, you know, just you know, crazy. teachers, teachers not knowing, you know what I mean? And not understanding, right. you know, what they're dealing with. And so how my did mom, your mother deal with that? She ignored him. <laughs> 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 so she didn't listen to him. And, you know, once she started to see me in sports, she saw, mm. okay, this is the thing that I, you know, that that I started to love. And then once I found football, it was like everything else made sense for me because I found a way to harness that energy and I found a way to utilize it in a positive way, which was on the football field. And that became, you know, my artistic outlet. That became 
you know, the place where that was my canvas, you know, for a very long time. Um, so you stopped playing baseball and completely dedicated yourself to stopped. football? I don't know why I did that. But my mom, you know, she she all she knew was that I loved football. And so she never thought that, hey, maybe, you know, we should still keep him doing these other sports because he can still do both. Right. right. Because baseball and football are in two different seasons. And so, but it, for me, I was like, no, I just want to play football because I fell in love with the game. But obviously there was a passion there. There was a purpose there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it worked out, right? Because football was my plan A. Like I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a plan C. Mm. So football had to work out. Like I didn't have no choice, but, you know, for football to work out because um, that was, you know, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, it's funny because sometimes when I get a chance to speak to kids, um, you know, that's always one of the messages that I'm just very cautious to tell them because, mm-hmm. you know, listen, not everybody's going to play football at the end of the day. That's right. Right. Not everybody's going to be able to play 15, you know, 10, 15 years in the league. And so, mm. but I do think that there is something to dedicating yourself to one craft, right? Absolutely. Like you can give yourself many options in that one craft. And that's what I did. And that's, that's where the difference lies is, Football was my only plan A, but within that plan A, I gave myself a multitude of options, you know, to be successful. And so, and that was- So where where did you develop your ability to be successful? Where did that come from? Did that come from your parents? Did it come from your teachers or your mentors? So on the football field, that kind of became the place for me was kind of my escape from um, the things that were going on at home that I didn't love. So my my mom and my stepdad, um, you know, had a very up and down relationship and there was a mm. lot of arguments and there was a lot of hostility in the house. And then when I would go see my dad, uh, my dad was, um, you know, kind of, how do I explain my dad <laughs> in a nice way? <laughs> I'm trying to explain it in a great way, but there were just things that I saw from them that, you know, really affected me uh, as a young kid. But then there was also that, that missing, um, you know, father in my life that I truly needed. Like my, like I said, my real dad lived in LA, so I only got a chance to see him, you know, handful of times, um, you know, growing up. Now, I wish I could have saw him more and wish I yes. could have had him more in my life growing up. But uh, at the end of the day, um, what it did was it allowed me to go on a football field and, and a lot of the the men on the football field and the coaches kind of became that, that father figure for me, okay. so to speak. And so that's kind of where, um, that's kind of where that came from. So you went to USC and you were the man the man on a legendary, <laughs> glamorous college football team. Now, what was it like being a household name in college? Yeah, that was that was a very, very um, great experience. I loved everything about the experience. Um, you know, being a superstar in college and, and going through, you know, a lot of the things that I went through, um, you know, it was a lot to deal with, you know, because, mm. um, you know, again, when you were, this is this is my whole thing about you know college kids um, is just that especially college football players um, they're they're really exposed to a lot of things right they're exposed to um, all these different things that go on at the college level 
And if you don't have the right foundation, right, with with Mm. yourself as a person, or if you don't have the right, you know, foundation with, you know, at home, or there's some things that you've been through, then that can be a tough place for a young college kid, especially if you're kind of thrusted into this, you know, superstardom. And so, for me, I enjoyed the I enjoyed everything about the experience of going to USC, but it definitely was tough at some times to just kind of navigate, you know, through mm. some of the some of the issues and some of the people. Really, really, what it came down to was people, you know, because yeah. there were people um, in my life at the time that, um, you know, had ulterior motives, you know, for mm. you know for my success. Was USC a wonderful springboard for you to then go into the NFL? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. So what year was that that you graduated from USC? So I left USC in 2005. That was my last year there. And uh, Mm. USC was absolutely an amazing springboard, you know, place for me to go and to learn and to grow and to just mature as a young man. um, As I was, you know, embarking on my, my journey to becoming a professional athlete. And I love everything about my stop there. The coaches were, you know, the best part, I think, about you know, going to USC, the coaches that we had at the time and, and also the players, it just everything meshed well together. And and we were all, um, you know, on the same page. Everybody was, you know, on on par for the same goal. Right. Mm. And, and so it was a brotherhood at the end of the day. We built a brotherhood that you know, really just it went far beyond the football field. And a lot of those guys that I played with at that time period are still some of my best friends to this day. I love that. And you guys won the national championship, yeah. correct? Yeah, yep, absolutely. You remember yeah. that score? Who y'all beat? And how many yards <laughs> did you run? Okay. So uh, the first one we played in, we played in three. Uh, okay, the first excellent. one we played in, I was my freshman year. We played Michigan. We beat them. And yeah. then the second year we played Oklahoma um, in the national championship in uh, Miami in the, in the Orange Bowl. We slapped them, destroyed them. And then... <laughs> And then uh, the beat down was real. Beat down was real. And then the third, the third, uh, the third one we played in uh, against Texas uh, was 2005, and that was, to my, in my opinion, that was one of the greatest games um, that was ever played. And unfortunately, we lost the game. You know, by a last by how second. Many points? By a last by second. Last second. Oh. Last second touchdown. But you know, by uh, and, and it's funny because as I was just kind of explaining to you that. Even some of my teammates that I've played with during that time period are mm. some of my best friends to this day. Even some of the guys that we shared the battlefield with, you know, on wow. other teams. And, and so yeah. the guy who ended up beating us, Vince Young, um, <laughs> you know, I I considered a I consider a, a friend um and just a just a great guy. So and that's what's amazing about football is that you develop yeah. and you make so many relationships. Wow. So what number were you drafted in the NFL? Uh First round, the number two pick yes. overall. Number two, second pick overall. Supposed to be the number one pick, but Houston, what happened? The the Houston Texans was tripping. They passed <laughs> up on me. And no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think um, I think I think everything happens for a reason. And um, yes. me going to New Orleans was um, I, I believe that it was meant to be, and I believe. That team at that time period was put together, you know, by a higher power, you know, much Mm -hmm. higher than, you know, our coaching staff, because I got drafted to New Orleans, you know, a few months after Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Katrina happened. 
And so when I got to New Orleans, you know, there was a lot of devastation still. Mm. Um, there was uh, curfews. Um, Everything. Just it was so much destruction, you know, when I got down yes. there. And it was such a big culture shock for me. I mean, tremendous culture shock. Yes. I know, yes. I'm sure you've been in New Orleans and you know how yes, it is. Yes, I down have. There. Mm-hmm. They talk different. different. They eat different. everything everything Everything. is different the humidity is different everything is different different, but you know what like me going to new orleans like i was going there in a time period uh that was just a really dark time period for me because of everything that i was going through from usc and Mm. and with the heisman trophy and so when i got drafted to new orleans um there was you know this explosion or this eruption of the New Orleans fan base. And mm. I never forget, you know, they showed kind of all the fans like in different bars in New Orleans. And when they got announced that I was, you know, being drafted there, everybody in there went crazy. And and so now, when I saw that, it really opened up my eyes and it just made me feel so wanted and so welcome mm. that I just couldn't wait to get down there. Wow. Now I hate to I hate to go back. What did you wear when uh when when you at the NFL draft? Do you remember what you had on? Sorry, I got into a fashion moment. The suit? Uh-huh. Talking about the suit? The uh, suit. The suit was the suit was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, what did you? The have suit on? was horrible. I had on like this. Uh, I had on like this. It was like a beige, <laughs> and uh it was. It, I, I think it had like six, seven buttons on. It. I had the Steve Harvey suit too. <laughs> Six buttons going down the middle of that joint. <laughs> but at the time, you it probably was thought you was—you probably thought you was cleaner than the board of hell. I, I had no idea. I thought I was <laughs> fresh. <laughs> no, no, because I'm gonna tell you, they had the uh, the 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 um, thing for Kobe the other night, the Hall of Fame, yeah. you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were showing like some of them getting drafted, and you was looking at the suit. Yeah. So I know what you're saying <laughs> about the Steve Harvey suits, but oh, you advanced. Trust me, you you you're looking good nowadays. We all advance. We all have those yep. 80 days. I had some shoulder pads <laughs> that I can't believe they came back in style again. You know what I mean? So anyway, bringing that stuff back now. They are. Trust me. I bought a ball main jacket the other night. I was like, these shoulder pads is kind of how you know. I ain't used to all of this. You know, feel like I can lie back somebody. So let's move on. Absolutely. You you go to New Orleans, Mm -hmm. you know, you get down there. It's right after Hurricane Katrina. You feel so much love. You guys win a Super Bowl, the ultimate, ultimate goal. You know, in 2010, what was that like? That was amazing. And that was honestly, that was such a just, I've never felt a bigger just sigh of relief, but also um, this sense of, of um, accomplishment because again, when I got drafted to New Orleans, they were the worst team in the NFL. Mm. Um, people the year before, people would go to the games with paper bags, brown uh, to- paper bags on their mm-hmm. head to basically show like their distaste for the team. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, it was just there was a lot of work to be done. Mm. You know, and and as a man, you know, not even just as a football player, but as a man when you are able to accomplish something like that, you know, something yeah. that significant, it builds you up in, on the inside, you know? And then when you can do it with a group of men that you, that you look at as your brothers and, um, you know, it, it and they, they're all different colors, right? All different ages, all yes. different religions. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't matter, you know? And and to me, football is, is such a great 
um, example of really how our country needs to operate. Everybody working together. Agreed. Everybody, no matter where you come from, like Agreed. we got to get this done because it's, it's it's good for us, you know, mm-hmm. as a humanity. And so, you know, I, I, I um, went in the Super Bowl for the city of New Orleans, though. I, I mean, that was, man, they had never won a Super Bowl before, you know? So yeah. we were the first yes. ones to do that for them four years after Hurricane Katrina. And that was just like the ultimate stamp. So basically um, you guys kind of helped to build the Superdome or was the Superdome already there? No, it was the it was there, but it was barely it, there. Like it was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it was hanging on by some threads from the hurricane came <laughs> serious. It was serious. Wow. <laughs> but we so, so then, with our success, we were able to, I believe, restore a lot of hope and faith into yes. the city and into the people because New Orleans is a football town yes. first. Mm-hmm. Football town first. Like, I love mm-hmm. the basketball team, but the football comes first down there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a culture down there. It's not just, you know, it's not just, um, these aren't just casual fans. Like, these no. are die-hard, everyday, yes. avid fans. And so, you know, when you're eight, when you go to a city like that, it just changes your whole perspective about, you know, the impact you can make on people's lives. So now you played for a lot of different teams. Was it yeah. then hard to leave uh, New Orleans? Um, it was very, oh, that was so hard for me. So hard. I had to make a move. I had to make a very hard, tough business decision. And I had to look elsewhere for work. And it ended up working out. You know what I'm saying? And that's the best part about when you gamble on yourself. You know, and 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 when you don't know what the other side looks like, because when you don't know what the other side looks like, that could be very scary. But every time I've gambled on myself, I've always won. And I ended I know, up that's right. going to Miami and I had two of my best years of my career, you know, playing playing in Miami. And uh then I, you I moved, got it's just a better weather, at least <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I it's mean, still, it's still humid. It's all oh, humid. No, don't get me wrong, but still, that location from yeah. New Orleans, from New Orleans to Miami, yeah, that, that was, was a trans- transition, wasn't was, it? That was a big transition because I went from a, a, an organization and a team that we physically built, you know, from the ground up with yes. our hands, and having to leave that behind, you know, then that's that's tough, you know, when you build something from the ground up. Mm. That's not easy to say goodbye to that. You know what I mean? And so I left that situation to go, you know, and to go find work in Miami. And yeah, that, that culture shock is, is, I mean, that culture difference is, is, you know, it's night and day between New Orleans and Miami. And um, you know what, but the thing for me is that when I went to Miami, it actually had a, a reverse effect on me because I knew I was going to a party town. I knew I was going to a place Mm -hmm. that had Mm -hmm. a ton of distractions. And so I, I, I kind of did the opposite and forced myself just to lock in, focus on football. I was there, be 100 percent invested, you know, mm-hmm. into the football team, into the fan base while I was there and while it was football season, you know. And, and then, you know, I had a lot of success, you know, as a, as a player. There. And it, like I said, it was two of my best years of my career. So what advice would you give to other players? Because, you know, the business has changed so much. Yeah. What advice do you give to players that when they do have to make that move to a to a new city to make sure that they do it gracefully and safe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just when players you know, this and getting traded and getting cut and um, being released from teams, you know, that's part of the business. And so yes. players understand that going into it that. Hey, I can be traded. I can be cut. I can be released any second. 
And, um, you know, it's not a great feeling. All right. Now, listen, you've done a lot of difficult things very yeah. well in your career. What was the hardest thing in your career that you had to do? So hardest thing was for me was coming back from injuries um, and, 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 you know, just the battle that you go through with the, the pain and the swelling yeah. and then, you therapy. know, the, the therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so hard. It's so hard, you know, because okay. it wears on your um, mental. It wears on your your not just your mental, but it wears on your self-confidence. Mm as a person mm -hmm. because it tears away uh, as an athlete when when you're not able to perform or do the thing that you love and that you're passionate about um it, it tears away at you you know in on the inside and, and can mm. limit your self-confidence a lot and so for me it messed with my self-confidence a lot and that was one of the things that I felt mm. was was hardest was still trying to be this confident dominant you know athlete in this ultra competitive environment um you know and, and you know trying to be the same guy you know still trying to get back to and showing people that hey i'm not injured I, i'm I'm good like y'all can count yeah. on me like i'm, I'm still back. worth the money i'm still worth the <laughs> yeah. money you know what i mean at the end of the day, yeah. i'm worth the money that y'all paying me and so that's one of the things that, that's very tough is just you know keeping that self-confidence through injury okay now of all the wonderful things that you have experienced what was the most fun just winning the Super Bowl for the city of New Orleans. You know, that was that was at the end of the day, um, you know, because, again, like I said, when I got drafted, you got to understand, like, the way that the way that the, the events happened in my life for me, it was, you know, leaving USC and, and leaving this, you know, this great story program and then going to an organization, a team that was literally just wiped out by a hurricane, you know, and then, you know, people really you know, not giving us a chance on the outside. And, and when you're, again, when you're able to build something and, and accomplish something at mm -hmm. the end, a goal as a group and as a, as just as a man, um, it just, it just builds you up so much on the inside. And, and that was one of my favorite um, memories of life. And then seeing city, seeing Bourbon street, literally yeah. people dancing, running yeah. down the street, just all kinds of just partying. You know how they party in New Orleans. Now I do. Now what did that ring look like? That's what I want to know. What did that ring, ring look like? I, I wish you would. I, I would go up and get it, but I don't know where it is right now. <laughs> but you know what? I tell you what, though. When yeah. when this comes out, I just want you to send us a picture of it so we can make sure that we put it in the but box. No, the ring. Uh -huh. The ring. Fly? The ring was fly. The ring was amazing. Yeah. What you've got a lot more living to do. How old are you, Reggie? I'm thirty six. Oh gosh, you got a lot more living to do. My goodness. Like you are like just now like starting to enter like grown, yeah. super grown yeah. man stuff. Yeah. What, 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 what do you see ahead? What's next for you? Well, you know, you said something earlier, you talked about, you said every day you grinding and, and working and, yes. and, um, you know, it's, that's, that's the mentality that I have is that I'm always sharpening my tools. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm always working on something, whatever it is. I'm building myself up. I'm teaching myself new things. I'm pushing myself further than um, than I thought possible. You know, stepping into just different areas because I want I want to grow, right? And I want to yes. allow the work to mature me as well. You know, as as a man and, and as a um, you know as a family man. And so. Yes. You know, I'm going into acting and I'm doing TV broadcasting right now in college football. And all these things are out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? These are mm. not all things that Why? are 
because my comfort zone is on the football field. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? But, you, but, you, but Reggie, you, you, and I mean this so complimentary. I mean, you're, you're, you, you look like the camera loves you. You have a great smile. Yeah. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a yeah. lot of energy still. You said you're always mm-hmm. a hyper child. <laughs> well, you're a hyper man look like still. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I find that odd that you said that, you know, that that it's difficult for you to to be a sportscaster. I mean, you know what you're talking about. You see the plays. Yeah. You know what the players yeah, are going yeah. through. Why is it yeah. difficult for you? I'm not saying it's difficult for me to be a sportscaster. Okay. I'm saying these okay. things are out of my comfort zone as far as, I didn't grow up with the passion to be a sportscaster, right? Like I didn't grow okay, up with okay. the passion to, um, you know, to, to go and pursue acting and to, and to be vulnerable on a camera and to yeah. have to, you know, do all these things. And, and because when you're on a camera, you, you're exposed, right? All of you yes, is you exposed. Are. You know what I'm saying? And so. And the camera that, doesn't lie. And the camera does not lie. Does <laughs> at all. And at so, all. <laughs> you know, that's that's the scary part, right? It, is that, you know, somebody could look at that and be like, man, that's that's too much pressure. Like, I don't know if I can handle all that pressure. You know what I mean? All these different things. And, and then, uh, and so for me, it's, that's why I say it's out of my comfort zone is because I'm pushing myself in these areas that I'm not great at. Right. And that I didn't grow up great at. And so, you know, these are things that I'm having to learn all over again. Like I'm a rookie all yes. over again, but I love it. I love being a rookie yes. all over again because it's it's allowing me to grow and, and and to mature and to learn new things. And and so that's that's to me, I wish I was doing this in my first year of my career. Um, because wow. I wasted a lot of time in in the off seasons, right? Like when you're playing football. In the, mm-hmm. in the season, you should be 100% locked in on football. But in the right. off season, like that's your time to sharpen your tools. That's your time to grow and mature. And I wasted a lot of time just partying or traveling to different places or going on having vacations. Fun. And, you know, yeah, having fun. But I could have been growing as a man. You know what I mean? And instead, you know, I was I was, you know, messing around and, and, and hanging out with people that, I shouldn't have been hanging around with or or didn't but that's deserve. life. That's it, it is you, life. You 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 have right. to learn that that's life. And I'm gonna tell you something. The very first step of now you experiencing the next chapter of your life that's gonna be fun as a family mm-hmm. man, as a father, as a good husband, as a great sportscaster, is knowing yeah. what you just said right there. That when you're not working, that you're going to take time and sharpen mm-hmm. your tools and mm-hmm. get better as an actor, mm-hmm. get better as a father, get better in your sport, whatever it is that you're doing, but then you got to balance it out. It can't be all work because trust me, I work so hard sometimes that sometimes I'm like, okay, V, you got to go have some fun. You got to balance that out. But you know, I love to work and I love what I'm doing. And so the best thing is that, you know, when to cut it off, you know, because some folks, we got some, some of our friends, they still at the club. (laughs) They still party. They never woke up. They They still in that same time period. But you know, I think what I was, you know, kind of what I was alluding to is just that if I could go back and give my younger self some advice, I would have just looked into some other crafts, you know, in that off season. And I would have just slowly, you know, worked at it and sharpened that Mm -hmm. tool and that that sharpened that tool and just kept that in my bag so that when I am done playing, I got all these options. You know what I mean? And so that would that would be the advice I would even give to, you know, players now is that. Listen, when you when when it's football season, when it's football time, you should be 100 mm-hmm. percent locked in. But the off season is your time to grow, to mature. Don't waste it. 
Yes. Now, um, who are you a sports analyst for? I want to people know where they can hear you doing yeah. the thing and watch you get better. Which, this is Reggie Bush coming at you. <laughs> on uh see that see that right there i don't i don't even want to be that guy right there i just want to be like cool well, Reggie sometimes you gotta give her you know sometimes mean? you gotta give him some energy <laughs> welcome to football people love energy uh, when it comes to sports i know you know, I know. come on I yeah know. No, you gotta you, give him a little sub you're right yeah. you're right and i'm working on it but um so i'm on fox and uh we have a mm-hmm. college football show um every saturday called big noon kickoff and um you know it's the it's the top sports show right and stop college football show right now on tv and uh, we just hired uh bob stoops who is a former college football legend who's going to be joining our set and uh, i'm also on there with one of my former teammates matt leinert and another guy uh, who i played yeah, against no, um brady quinn and so uh, these guys um great friends of mine great people and they make going to work very easy you know so i'm in it i'm lucky that. i'm lucky because I get to go to work and I actually enjoy the people that are at work and they're actually my friends. I love that. Now, how about for acting? Where, where, where yeah. can we see you doing your thing on the big screen or the screen? Hopefully soon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need Denzel Washington to hit me up. You know what I mean? I need, uh, <laughs> who else? Who else I need to hit me I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm working on my craft and I'm taking acting classes. Okay. And uh, I'm working with acting coaches because uh, I want to make sure that the work I deliver on TV, um, you know, that people remember it. And it's not something that, um, you know, is is half-assed. Like, I want people to Mm -hmm. be able to see the roles that I play and see that uh, there was purpose and passion there. And and then I I delivered it the right way. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know because, you know, I, I produce movies. And yes. I just directed my first film. I got boy. you. I'm I here. promise I will. I had no <laughs> idea that you wanted to act. So this is yes. perfect. Okay. Absolutely. 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 Yes. For a very long time, you know, I looked at a lot of my experiences negatively. And, and so, mm. you know, I think with taking acting classes and just, you know, helping me understand that, you know, all these experiences are for a reason, you know, and, and it's to um, not just for me, but to also share, you know, with the people closest to me so that um, they benefit, you know, from uh, whether it's the success or whether it's some of the mistakes that I've made in my life, you know, all those things are for a reason and can help somebody. What advice can you give to other men out there that are athletes on raising kids and, and while still having a healthy family life and still getting your hustle on and taking yeah. care of your business? Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this the other day and for football players, um, it's very difficult. You know, I can't, I can't, mm. um, I can't, you know, uh, I didn't play basketball, you know, professional basketball, baseball. So I don't know what's like those, those sports, but, you know, for a football player, like I said, you have to have a killer's mentality on the football field, you know, just to mm-hmm. have a chance to be successful, right? Like mm. you have to be the baddest and you have to be the fastest and you have to be the strongest and, and the toughest and the smartest just so you can have a chance, right? Like, Right. The days of, you know, walking into a room and, and telling kids that like, hey, you got to be the baddest and the toughest, like they already know that, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. they understand that. And so that's just a, that's just a given. Like you have to be all those things just to have a chance at success. But the, the, the thing that I go back to is that you cannot allow that football player on the football field and the guy outside of the football field to be one. You have mm. to separate those two. Those two have yes. to be separated because you cannot be 
in the streets with a killer's mentality or, you know, with this because that guy has to stay in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that guy has to stay on the football field. How do you cut that off then? Because like me as an actress, let me explain something real quick. Me as an actress, like sometimes I play roles and they can be either dark or whatever, but I know the moment that they yell cut and I leave the stage, I can leave the character. Not all all actors can do that. Some actors, you know, like Tupac. Tupac Mm -hmm. kept a couple of his characters with him for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, like for a football player, how do you then go from the killer mentality to then going home when you're there with your kids? It's tough. It's not easy, you know, because you literally have to eat, sleep, and breathe football. You have to. And Mm. just just to be successful, right? Just to have a chance at being successful because the reason I say just to have a chance is because there's a lot of variables on the football field that you can't control. You got to figure out, you got to have a good, solid foundation of who you are as a person, who you are as a man. Like you just have to know that, listen, the football player in the football field is one guy, but that's, that's just, that's what I love to do. That's not who I am. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a different person outside of the football field and you have to be, you know, you cannot be that same football, football player, um, you know, in the streets. So listen, we're getting ready to come to an end. You know, I love talking to you. So I got one last question for you. How do you pivot and know when it's time to say goodbye to playing (laughs) on the football field? Well, here's the great thing about football is that you don't even have to think about it. It's going to let you know. (laughs) It's going to tell you. You you ain't even got to, you ain't got to wait for it. Like it's coming at some point and it's going to let you know very fast like it's not going to be like uh, am I kind of done or the, you just gonna know like for me I knew for sure at the end when I was in Buffalo that my career was over um mm. you know I, I I spent a year before that I was in uh San Francisco for one year and in like week three um it was a Monday night football game I ended up like popping like my calf muscle and mm. and strained a muscle and this is like this is year 10. You know what I mean? So I knew, you know, when I started getting injured and then I had, you know, I tore my knee up uh, and, and a couple games later. So I came back from the calf muscle injury, then ended up mm. tearing a ligament in my knee. So that set me up for the rest of that. Wow. Season. So I basically never really played. And then I went to Buffalo, um, you know, on just a one year deal. Who do you go to to say, OK, what's going to be the next chapter? Am I going to be a sportscaster? Am I going to go be a coach? Yeah. Who is that that you look for for that next chapter? Or like some guys, you're like, hey, I'm just done. I'm going to yeah. go and do whatever. Well, I so the last like three, four years of my career, I started doing um, I will pop into Fox and they will let me come mm-hmm. in on like a bye week. And I would do some segments on the NFL Sunday pregame show. Or I would go to NFL Network and I would, you know, do some stuff here and there. Yes. For them. And so I started building that relationship, you know, up See? for myself. And I knew yep. that I don't know if TV, bro- I still don't know if TV broadcasting is this thing that I want to do long term. But right. I knew that right. um, it was at least going to serve as, you know, uh, the middle ground until I figured out what that next passion was. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now in life, honestly. I still I, I enjoy it. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what I was going to say. People have to learn to build good relationships. So, you know, I've taken up enough of your time today. So that leads us perfectly into today's hustle hack.
Today's hustle hack is athlete for change. You can always, always pivot into a new direction like our boy Reggie Bush did. But it's about building good relationships that when something is coming toward the end, make sure you find out what's going to who's going to lead you to the next door to go to a new chapter. Mm -hmm. Strive for excellence in all that you do. Like Reggie said, you know, consume it. If you're going to do something, do it 100 percent. Live, eat and breathe it, but do it your best at all times so that you can look back and not have any regrets. But like we said, build good relationships. Um, you may have challenges, but you can always turn it around. And my darlings, never, never give up. I want to thank the amazing and handsome Reggie Bush for being on Hustling with Vivica Fox. Where can folks find you at on social media? Y'all can find me at Reggie Bush. I keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's on Instagram That's and on Twitter. Instagram and, and Twitter. Sorry, yeah. Instagram I love Twitter, that. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish you yeah. absolutely nothing the best. I might be calling you soon to uh, put you on the big screen. So keep on taking them acting lessons for me, all okay. right? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I You're will. welcome. And darlings, don't forget to follow your girl at Miss Vivica Fox on Twitter, at Miss V Fox on Instagram, and at Stage 29 Podcast 2. Don't forget to subscribe, review, download, and listen to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to listen. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now. The Hustling with Vivica A. Fox podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during the podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.